Welcome to Voices of Taos. My name is Laura martin Baseman, and I'm the producer of this new podcast from the Taos News. Every week, we will be bringing you a voice from our Taos community. This week on Voices of Taos, we have our publisher, Chris Baker. He's been at the Taos News since 2000, and today we're going to talk to him about what it's been like to work in the newspaper industry since 2000 here in Taos, but also some of the other projects he's working on, such as being on the board of True One Kids. So, Chris, how did you get interested in journalism? Oh, God. Um, I was at New Mexico State University, and uh, I was uh, lost in Milton Hall, the journalism department, and ran into a professor named Dr. Sean McClanagan, the department head, and he had so much enthusiasm and excitement. It got me all ex- jazzed up for this wonderful business we're in. And then uh, I ended up working for the college newspaper, The Roundup, at New Mexico State. And uh, it's been a, a wonderful ride. Some days you wish you were off the ride. But, um, yeah, I kind of stumbled into it by accident, to be honest with you. But I worked for the college paper and worked for different newspapers around the, the country and Ended up in Taos. Hmm. And which paper were you at before you came to Taos? Um, I was at the Valencia County News Bulletin. that covers uh, Belen, Las Lunas, and Bosque Farms, south of Albuquerque. Kind of a suburb, uh, um, a, a suburb of Albuquerque, I would call it. Um, but I worked there for six years. And uh, I had a number of little papers, Socorro and Deming and uh, Rio Doso and in Arizona and that I oversaw. I was a group manager and I ran the paper there and one day out of the blue I got a call from Robin. <laughs> she said, do you want to come to Taos? And I said, I'd love to come to Taos. And so that's how it all started. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so what did you think about moving to Taos in 2000? It's changed a bit. Yeah, uh, being a native New Mexican, I've been to Taos a number of times. My mom's from Raton, so I had you know, a little bit of exposure to northern New Mexico. But obviously it's a lot different than Belen or anything that I've been to before. But it's been a wonderful ride. Uh, you know, as we all say, Taos is, you can't, I always say Taos is kind of like um, mercury on a table. You try to pick it up, you can, or it's a stew and someone kept on adding spices. Uh, but it just got this wonderful flavor, wonderful mystique, uh, as we all know, and that's why we're all here. It just just kind of grows on you. And I said, I, I hope the mountain doesn't kick me out. And someone said, been here for, I don't know, his whole life. And he says, well, it's, the mountain still has time to kick you out. So don't get too comfortable. <laughs> so, so you never know. <laughs> true, true local phrase. Yes. Yeah. The, the mountain kicking, kicking somebody out. Um, so I think a lot of people who read the Taos News and probably who listen to this podcast don't actually understand what a publisher does every day. Like, what do you do? What is a daily yeah, um, schedule like for you? And, and, and different papers have roles for different publishers. Some publishers more involved in the news side. Some publishers more involved in the um, business side. I guess I'm a more business side publisher and that um, – I worry about or oversee the entire financial budgeting of the paper, all the department, all the managers. We have six different managers, and they report to me. 
but I try to give uh, as much autonomy as I can for my managers and not try to micromanage manage them as if I don't, uh, you know, give them, give them the freedom to do what they need to do. But, I, you know, I would go on sales calls at times. Sometimes I build ads. Sometimes I'm talking a lot of discussions with the owner. How are we doing for the month financially? Uh, working on a lot of personnel issues, working with contracts, working with um, major um, vendors. So we, printing, printing is a big part of a publisher's job, making sure our various print suppliers or, or um, print brokers are at the next job coming up, working with Santa Fe, our sister newspaper. Um, employment, making sure that um, we find the best candidates and where to find them and be creative with that. So um, sometimes it's putting salt on the front driveway when we can't find it good. <laughs> and when we don't have anyone to help with the street vendors, I pitch in at that. And, you know, little things, it's a bunch of little things that add up to one big thing a lot of times. Totally. And what do you think makes the Taos News unique in its be- way of being, I guess, in the news industry for a paper of its size? I know part of it probably has to do with Taos being such a unique community, but is there anything in particular? I know that street vendors that you were just talking about, not a lot of papers still have vendors. Yeah, we have a interesting um – set up in Taos. And I, I've been so fortunate that when I came here in 2000, sometimes I've come to papers and they're, they're broken. They're broken newspapers or they're falling apart or there's been five publishers in two years and you got to figure out what's, why is that? Um, no, but it goes back to Robin Martin. Her investment, this paper has such a great, uh, I'm not just saying that because work here and such. It's, it's not. It's not. Other papers aren't this fortunate, but it goes back to her father and putting a great foundation and having a, a wonderful um, philosophy. Robin has, you know, close to nine, ten people in the newsroom, and you don't see that. But her basis is if we have a strong news product, um, our readers will come, our advertisers will come. Um, that doesn't mean we don't have a, a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties at times, but I think that for Taos, um, we have an interesting business model, and you don't see this with other papers, and that our magazines, which do very well, and we put out more magazines than any anyone else in the state. More, there's no one that publishes as many titles as we do, close to 30 titles a year, is that our, our magazine franchise, which we do very well with it, that fuels our newsroom. And we can hire quality people, a full-time photographer, a full-time web editor, um, full-time special sections editor, and, and that helps give us a strong uh, news product that we put out every Thursday, and that fuels it. So it's it's a lot of um, hard work with, with the back of the magazines, but that helps deliver a strong Thursday product for our readers. Yeah, and it's very important to keeping locals on top of all the things that are happening in this small but very important place in northern New Mexico. And I know that keeping government accountable, keeping um, different businesses accountable in the community is really important. But sometimes when the people get upset about that accountability, you know, they end up writing emails or calling you on the phone. How do you deal with all that feedback? Well, I have a little funny joke sometimes. I said someone calls the paper and they said, you know, I'm upset about this or that or, 
you know, you guys wrote this editorial. I said, well, let, I said, you can talk to John, my editor. But if I have a compliment, I said, I'll talk to him on that. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> We're great. No, it's, it, newspapers are interesting business in which we constantly shoot ourselves in the foot. Um, but that's that's the makeup of it. We, you know, we, we don't earn the reader's respect or our advertiser's dollars if we don't take a hard line. Um, and we, it's, it, it's a, you know, it's a delicate balance in towns because we're so small and we see, you know, our, our county commissioners or city councilors and our government leaders at the supermarket and you run into them. So it's a tight rope sometimes trying to juggle out that. Um, but um, you, you just, this is what a paper's role is. We have to take the, t- the tough stance sometimes and we have to put out that cartoon. For some reason, a, a, a cartoon in the paper has more uh, people upset than maybe an editorial, and I haven't figured that one out over the years. Fascinating. Yeah, a cartoon will really get people upset, even politicians especially, obviously. But, um, no, I, th- I think that if, if you don't have a solid uh, newsroom that, you know, that, that takes on the hard stance and covers the meetings and we write editorials and make people, up, you know, they, they get very angry at times. But that's what we're all about. That's what a newspaper does. Absolutely. Great. Well, thanks, Chris. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I'm Isabel Pena, a media specialist here at the Taos News. Keep your eyes open for this year's Well Taos, a medical and wellness directory, and the Taos Gallery Guide, Taos's premier guide to fine art places and creative spaces. Find your copy around Taos in the Enchanted Circle and in your Taos News subscription. So this week on Voices of Taos, we're talking with Chris Baker, the publisher here at the Taos News. And before the break, we were talking a little bit just about what it's like to be a publisher and the good and the challenge that comes with that. But something else um, Chris does is he's on the board of True Kids One. And could you tell us a little bit about that organization? No, True Kids One is a a wonderful success story for Taos. Uh, Getting young high school students uh, and even younger motivated and entrenched in what we do. Um, if it's on the video side um, or behind a camera or just writing, um, it's a great footing for them to get get, get enriched, enriched in this industry at the beginning. Um, and I think it's always good when they're young at that age, you could say, wow, this is something I love. This is what I want to invest in. Or maybe you find out this is not what I want to do. And it's good to find out that when you're young. But this is this is a great organization, and what they do and the motivation. These young kids can go out and interview um, various um, political leaders, uh, people in the community. They've done documentaries. They've done video essays, and um, it's just amazing. And the, the work that they put into it is great. Uh, Sandy, their, our CEO or director, has been a tireless in, in finding these um programs for the kids and it just continues to grow it's a it's a great footing for Taos and I just see big, you know bigger things happening with it on the video side on the on uh, if they want to be in radio or be in print this is a great way to get involved in in our industry and that's what it's all about cool and do they put out a publication regularly or do they just 
contribute they, to they different... contribute at this point. Okay. Um, but that might be something. They, they, we've had students write for us. They've done videos for us. Um, they've had a drone. I know that they're different, different projects. Um, and they've had presentations done at uh, the TCA and at Standing Room Only. Uh, it just, I, I've never seen this in another community. And it just, they've got so many sponsors and backing for it. I just see it's a long history for um, motivating and uh, being a great um, a great way to train young kids in this, what we do. Um, and you may not see, you know, some, some kids, well, I don't want to be in print, but I, I do like the video part of it. I do like the, the aspect of doing um, small five minute uh, YouTube videos, whatever that may be. But there, there's a great place, a great training ground for kids that want to get into uh, different visual audio industries. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And, I know that we are also hosting interns from colleges, too. I know when I was working here in 2010 through 2012, we had a really wonderful intern who was selling the map with me while I was working in production, (laughs) Katie. Um, And I know that New Mexico State sends people up. And tell me a little bit about how that relationship yeah, works. Yeah, we've had we've had some wonderful interns over the years, uh, roughly 30 of them. And their role, main role for us has been on the advertising side, selling our Taos map. And I remember when I, 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 I went on an internship in 1985 down in McAllen, Texas. And they had me do errands and copies and make coffee and stuff like that. But that was fine. Our internship's a little bit different. Um, they come here and sell the map. And the map is a huge project for us. Um and they can make close to seventeen to twenty dollars an hour, depending on how many they sell and and their, if they hit their goal. But we don't make them make coffees. They don't make. They work with this map. They work it hard. And um, I think the best thing about it afterwards, they said, "Well, what did you do for the summer? I sold this map. I had one hundred twenty-five accounts on it, and this is the volume of dollars it brought in, which is substantial. And I think if you're an employer and you can see this young." student went out there and worked hard and we'll give them the training and the background but they pretty much do it themselves and they can sell this kind of volume of advertising i think it's a great a great feather in their cap and something to put on their resume so we've we've had great success with interns um and some come back and work for us at times and some work for the new mexican um but um, it's again it's i'd say for internships it's a great way to find out is this something you want to do later in life or is this something after you get done with the summer, it's not what I want to do. So, And they love coming to Taos, by the way. Most interns love when we put them in, in our program. It's a pretty wonderful place to live. But what are some of the challenges that you kind of see going forward for the Taos community? There's a lot of different obstacles for Taos, as, as we know. I don't, I don't want to get political, but I do think um, I'd like to see our uh, – our city council working closer with the county. I think they've done some steps in that way, in that direction. Um, I do see um, a lot of struggles with uh, the homeless situation in Taos. And I know we, someone once said, what's the biggest issue in Taos? And that's affordable housing. And someone said, or give me the top three things we need in Taos. They said, affordable housing, affordable housing, affordable housing. So I think that's the top on everyone's list. Uh, we've got to figure a way to, 
to pay people more and to find jobs and get creative. So that's, I think that's a big obstacle. I mean, we all want to live here, but it's expensive. And if you're a small small family or even someone in their 20s and they just want to come up, it's difficult to find housing. And I don't want to beat a dead drum, but that's big. And and God, I, if any, we have politics, we need to get recycling. I can't believe we don't have recycling. I'll get off my soapbox. But if we don't have recycling in Taos, and someone told me they have recycling, you know, at Espanola and all around us, but we can't have recycling. Someone's got to figure out the recycling. And bike lanes. We need bike lanes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I can go down this road. Totally. But there's a lot of struggles, but I think affordable housing is probably our biggest obstacle that we have to and being one of the bigger employers in town, we definitely struggle with that. Anytime we try to find someone to fill a position here at the paper, it's something that business struggles to find affordable housing for our employees. So, yeah, and it's not unique at all. We spoke to Genevieve Oswald, the new uh, town councilor, and that was one of the things that we spoke very lengthy about on a previous podcast. You can listen to that in our history. But so what's something you're excited about Taos's future, like things that are kind of changing, but you're optimistic about? Well, I'm optimistic because I think it's the the best place in, to live in the state of New Mexico. And I've lived in a lot of different places in, 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 in New Mexico. But I think there's a lot of great positive things happening. Um, if the whole idea of you can work almost anywhere now in the tech sector and different industries, I think that's something Taos should um, capitalize. I know the Hive, Hive project, they're working on something now where they're going to be an incubator trying to bring in more tech people to, to, to Taos that can work remotely. That's but, the UNM Hive. Yeah, Is that UNM, correct? UNM okay, Hive. Cool. And, and they have an initiative they're working on that they're going to launch pretty soon here. Um, but I think the whole idea, what's happening at the Ski Valley, I think, is a positive. Some people don't have the same rosy glasses I do, but I think that's a someone invests in our community like they are up there. I think that's a great, a great plus for town. We are tourism market, as we like it or not. And if we don't embrace tourism, I think we're missing the boat. We have to push tourism. Um, I know some people are. Well, we got to. Well, we do have to find some other outlets to. We can't just rely on one sector, which is tourism, but that is our main sector now, and we have to invest in it. But I, I see a lot of positives. Um, I know we have more people coming in the community, and, and some people are, oh, but I think that could be a positive for us if we have uh, different people working remotely. I think that helps the community, and I I just think Taos is just in a great position overall. It's just, it's just located in a wonderful place, and it just it, Taos is like no weather. We'll just say that. I love it, too. <laughs> Trying to move up here myself. And, you know, not to be too repetitive, but the newspaper industry is also going through some really big changes. And I know you've attended conferences and you're close with um, people from your alma mater and also with other people in the New Mexico Press Association. What do you think some of the biggest challenges for weekly papers like the Taos News are? Um, I think being innovative and thinking outside the box. I mean, like we're doing a podcast today and this is something we're investing in. Um, you may not see some monetary gain right away, but I think you have to really find new ways to reach your readers that you haven't before. Um, I think you have to be creative with, uh, sponsorships and events. I think we do that very well with our Taos Women event or Tradiciones or 
doing something with the gallery guide, but we do more of that. Um, you have to find new ways to reach your readers. Um, you can't just hope, okay, they're going to buy the paper off the rack this week and we're all going to be happy. you got to find ways to... One thing I've, I've found with our women's event, we have a lot of young women that have attended the function. They go, you know, I haven't, be honest with you, I haven't picked up the paper on a regular basis, but I didn't know you guys did this. I don't know you honored these women. And Traditionis, we honored nine unsung heroes. I think it's a way to branch out and find find new ways to reach folks that haven't done it. Younger folks, you have to you have to get them in podcasts. You have to get them on, do events, do different ways to be creative. And some things we will stumble on. Some things will fall and it won't work. But I think if you just sit on your laurels and just hope, okay, we're going to just put out a paper, you have to be online. You have to be a number of different marketing strategies to get to get people interested in the paper. And I think that's what we try to do here. Yeah, it's, I think, something that people don't realize as much as we really love producing online content and different types of content, you know, we don't get the same kind of advertising dollars for online content versus what you'd get for a nice print ad in either the printed paper or in one of our magazines. So you have to, for that one printed ad, to make up for that on a digital area, you have to choose five things to make up for just one printed product usually. And so it takes a lot of work to to do that as well. And I know having worked on production side, it's, it's a lot, but it's also really important like you said, having that diversity of product. Yeah, and I think our magazines, I think we, we look at our magazine schedule, what we do for the year, and we try to find a niche that really encompasses. Our homes magazine, I think, is a great tool for the realtors and people looking for homes and towns. We have the online, and I always say fiber, cyber. You can't just have the print product. You have to have the online component. And But everything we publish Every magazine we publish is in front of our paywall, and it's free to the public. And you have to have that. You can't. You have to find you find find that special niche if it's a women's ed- edition or Landwater People Time, which we call one of our, um, I think, our keepsakes. It really reaches the cultural market of Taos, and goes and dips into uh, Ririba County and dips into Santa Fe and f- goes out beyond our borders. So. You got to be creative and always listen to your advertisers. Find out what they want and then tailor make it to what what they're looking for. And sometimes what you want to do, what I always say is, whatever direction the newspaper business is going, maybe go the opposite on some things. Because <laughs> I've seen a lot of publishers do things because other people are doing it. But try to figure out, don't do things with other newspapers just because they do it. Right. Find out from your readers and your advertisers what they want and then bring them that if you can. Yeah, and it's important to be an educator in that way, too. It's not just being a business and providing news, but sometimes newspapers with access to technology and access to national networks and stuff, they can be the educators for new tech and new um, resources that communities don't have access to otherwise. Right, so, right. Yeah. So, and one last question before we go, one of the initiatives that's really important to the Taos News is the newspapers and education. Mm. What exactly is that? And, well, and why would we torture a bunch of (laughs) elementary school children with large, complicated pieces of paper weekly? Well, it's the thing, too. It's online, too. Uh, But we publish where we put out close to 800 fiber or cyber uh, papers a week to the different schools throughout the area but it's the whole 
idea behind newspapers and education is if we don't get young children or, or teens reading the paper now or looking at a line, I, we've, we've seen that a big transformation where people, the young students don't want to don't want to read the fiber part, but we'll give them the cyber part and get them started early. And, you know, and, and some kids tell me, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't care for the main section, but I like tempo. We said, well, great, read tempo. Or I like, you know, I like this particular magazine. But I think, you know, if, if we don't have young or, or youth reading, reading something or getting them immersed in, 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 in current events, what's happening with our school board, what's happening with the town, how do they sit, how many people sit on a council, how many people sit on a county commissioner, how, what, what is the groceries tax, how come the hospital, you got to get them involved. And I think that's where our role in the, in the community is civics if we don't the basic civics on how the how government works and it's just so vital and i got some kids that we i, I read the police blotter every week i said well great that's that's a start <laughs> and they and that and then you know some kids they read just do the crossword puzzle the new york times crossword whatever that may be but i think it's our role if we can get 800 newspapers delivered every week throughout Taos county for free and one thing's neat too i'll get off is some kids take it home to their parents and their parents may not be seeing the paper for a while, but gets them immersed in it or gets them seeing it. And and some people they say, well, I don't I don't like bad news. I just want to read the tempo. That's fine. But um, it's our role to start early and, and get as many many papers in the hands of kids as quick as we can, as early as we can. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate you being on the podcast today, and thank you for giving us a little background of what your job is like, but also the Taos News does in the community that people might not see every day. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for joining us for Voices of Taos, a podcast by the Taos News, produced by Laura martin Basement. Our music was produced and arranged by Miles Bonney, featuring musicians Francisco Velarde, Ruben Hernandez, and Margot Macias. Please join us next week for another episode of Voices of Taos.